It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to the Churros y Tacticas podcast. It's a very sad day in Spanish football. Real Madrid, uh, in a very transition year, they're still trying to cope with selling Ronaldo a couple years ago. They've lost Ramos and Baran, two pillars. And even still, they seem to be twice as good as Barcelona, who dropped points against Granada at home yesterday. So we're just, we're gutted and we're very sad for, sad for Spanish football. Having said that, welcome to the E Tacticas podcast. This is your host, Kian Sobani. I am joined by Diego Lorin. And it's not a great day to be a Barca fan. And it gets worse just when you thought it couldn't get worse for Diego Lorin. Ronald Koeman yesterday, after his team put 54 freaking crosses into the box yesterday, a lot of them before he even had the young and PK on the field, just pumped those crosses in, pumped them in Jose Mourinho style. Such a deviation from Johan Cruyff's philosophy. And after that, Koeman said after the game, we do not have the squad to play tiki taka so diego how are you my friend welcome to therapy yeah thank you kian thank you for the gracious intro uh so heartfelt sympathetic empathetic um we need that we appreciate that the coolers do appreciate that just quick side note your volume seemed to have uh, dropped significantly all of a sudden after that uh Okay. Boisterous intro. I don't know. If, uh, Even now? Now, now? now it's back. Now it's back. Okay. We're it could back. have been the come down from the initial burst of energy and then coming back to zero. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, try, yeah. I'll try to make sure it's, it's good. By the way, and also, I don't know if you heard, but it, your ours did mute at some point a little bit. It did. It did. Oh, it did. no. So like... our solution didn't work. So our patron <laughs> messaged us and said, look, I think I have a solution to your ours cutting out. And if you turn the original sound, oh, I didn't, I don't think I, maybe I did, I did it properly then. Okay. So I think may I'll try it again for next time. Sorry. Oh okay. man, that's, that's a big bummer. All right. Well, 
We'll, we'll try. To we we heard there. some of the, the fist slapping. I don't know what that was about, but you were getting it all in there. Ah, that's uh, a shame. That listeners missed that. Oh, well. <laughs> all right. Next time I'll try to fix it. So what's up, man? So you guys are loving life, um, despite the fact that Real Madrid are not playing particularly well at all. Uh, credit to Bordalas' Valencia, who has seemed to be on the road to redemption for Los Che. All the Valencia fans must be pretty excited. Um, I remember you talking about uh, a couple of games ago, uh, Valencia was uh, this was kind of a fluke, and then they would go back to their uh, losing ways. Hopefully not. Hopefully uh, this is a Valencia that we can start to take serious again because they look good against Valencia. But uh, before we get into Valencia Madrid, which has plenty of talking points, uh, you insisted, of course, uh, on talking about Barca's, uh, what should we call it? Ronald Araujo masterclass. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's a good take. Uh, Look, credit to the boy, credit to the Uruguayan central defender for uh, showing heart, for showing, um, you know, the willpower to uh, at least get something out of this match. He was, funny enough, our center back, the one player that created the most chances. Um, you talked about 54 crosses. Oh, my gosh. You talked about Mourinho. That, that, that seems to, that, that's more reminiscent to me from like the Zizou days. Um, the crossing it, strategy. It's an hmm. insane number. To put things into perspective, Zizou averaged about 27 crosses per game. 54 is almost out of this galaxy. Uh, I think Lopetegui set a record with Sevilla at some point. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the exact number. I feel like it might have been in the 60s, but don't quote me on that. But uh, apparently oh this God. wouldn't have been a record because no one said it was a record, so I just assume it wasn't. But 54 is an insane number of crosses it's a lot i mean can, can you imagine i just want to put you paint a picture for you kian in, you're working for real madrid tv imagine tell you kian uh, um you know you're the host of real madrid live we're gonna have a camera on you in a nice studio you'll have some uh you'll have a studio panel and you'll be have to or your your job is to you know do the pre-match build it up Get emo, you know, not emotional, but get, get 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 the juices flowing, get people pumped up, riled up uh, for the match. Uh, then throughout the ninety minutes, give live match commentary, and then do the post game. Meanwhile, and uh, excuse the background noise. Um, in the very first minute, or what was it? One minute after one minute and twenty six twenty six seconds, uh, Duarte. Puts in the one nil, and from there on out, okay, maybe I'm not being fully um, accurate here, but I would say maybe with a with half hour left in the first half, it was like as soon as basically Luke De Jong started to warm up on the sidelines, it was like okay, <laughs> Kuman is already like he's got the ball, he's got the and he's ready to, to throw that hail mary already with. A good hour left of gameplay. Now I say an hour left of gameplay. Obviously, Granada uh, did really went into their bag of dark arts and made this an unwatchable, unbearable match. It was a disgrace. I really hope that La Liga can crack down on this time wasting uh, and also be more accurate in in the added time. But all that said, 
you know, they did what they had to do. Obviously, they were in 17th position, uh, too close for comfort when it comes to uh, Moreno's men, obviously, to the relegation zone. Uh, a team that has been punching above their weight, has been in the fight and in a hunt for a spot for European football under uh, Diego Martinez. So they're right now in a precarious position where they need to get the points that they can by any means necessary and getting three points in a Camp Nou are big three points. Um, so you can sort of excuse them for trying to, or, or doing what they do. We're doing what they did. Um, however, the referee in those moments, I felt like he needed to step in and, and Maximiliano, uh, you know, give him the yellow card immediately in that first half to wait until the 85th minute to give the goalkeeper a yellow card for time waiting. Cause they were doing that already uh, as soon as they were up one nil, all of that said, um, Keon, this is a hard one. I, I told you before we started recording, I wish it was Friday. Uh, my emotions are still running high. My concern is at its peak at the moment. Um, I'm concerned. You wish it was Friday because on the Friday show, you can reveal more truths. Correct. Correct. But correct, on, correct, correct, but, correct. And not because it, you want it to be Friday because of that song. It's Friday then. It's not because you want to get drunk, right? Also, also. Also. Maybe also. But <clears throat> but it's because you want to reveal more. Um, yeah. A lot uh, is being said right now. And it, it, it would be a good time to for it to be Friday. Well, listen. I mean, to me, like there's this whole discussion about when Kuman gets sacked. And there was reports today again, like the decision's been made. They're just waiting for a replacement. This whole like, uh, like whether he can salvage his job with results or like whether he could have done it, like there's no, it, that, that's not what we're talking about here. We haven't talked about that for a long time. What we've, oh, we, we've known for a long time is that Kuman probably would have gone if Laporta had someone better like last summer or, what, or sorry, not last summer, when the elections were, were made, right? Um, it would have happened then. In the summer, no, in the nothing, summer. It didn't. Was it this summer? When no, I mean he, he wouldn't have. I mean, I I can't imagine that Kuman would have been sacked uh, mid through the season yeah, at that yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, so 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 yeah, stemming from the summertime, if there was a better available coach, that he would have. That mm -hmm. that is half of it. The other half is the financial reasons. So Kuman yeah. is kind of already sacked, and it's just the inevitable. And there's nothing going to save him uh, really. Uh, it's just a matter of time. But the barriers are who who is going to come in, and and the financial side of things is the other barrier. Um, so there's nothing for him to salvage, but you know, the financial situation isn't necessarily going to fix itself you know, in the next like few games or whatever, but even the replacement, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen. It's, it's, I just think that again, you can't really say anything on this podcast until Friday because you work for Barcelona, but, um, you know, I would be surprised if he's there by the time we're talking about the Classico in October. Do you feel like that's accurate? All right, you can't say anything. Um, so, <laughs> we can already guess. All right, so, um, well, what, was there anything about this game that you wanted to get off your chest before we move off from it? Or anything yeah. that caught your eye? Well, look, and, and this is something that we discussed um, amongst the studio panel on, on Barca TV Plus. So imagine, uh, I, I would imagine that it's okay for me to uh, pose this this issue, this doubt, this question that I had, uh, that I posed to the panel uh, yesterday evening. When 
the league started pre I would include preseason as well, but in particular when the league started, match day one, Barça Real Sociedad in the Camp No. Um, it was a great game. It was a great game. It feels like Thank a long you. time ago. It does. And not just was it a great game, but it was a great game where Barça played a very recognizable style of play. It was good football. It was um, Barça taking the initiative, controlling the ball, uh, passing, intentional passes, uh, organized passing, uh, good movement off the ball as well, um, good involvement from the, the midfield, linking up with the forwards as well, organized defense, I say organized defense, obviously in, in, in the final minutes, it did get a little bit hot on the collar uh, due to Oyarzabal's uh, magic, um, where Barca allowed them to, to get uh, two goals in late into the game. Um, and eventually, obviously, the 4-2 kind of masked the fact that it started to get a little bit heated uh, uh, with, with a potential comeback from, from Real Sociedad. But up until that point, we saw good football coming from this team. My question is, what happened from then to Getafe, to Atletico Club, to obviously we missed the Sevilla game, but now against Granada, where slowly but surely, and, and, and the Bayern game we should include, where slowly but surely we saw this team completely take a 180 degree turn not just in terms of style of play but confidence as well it just seemed that that uh, instead of building on uh, what was a good performance in match day one it's gone the opposite and that's really puzzling me at the moment and 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 i don't know if it's down to all of the extra sporting affairs that are happening between, you know, the technical staff and the board, if there's the mistrust and the misconfidence, if that is sort of leaking towards the dressing room where the players feel like, well, uh, you know, what this situation is not going to last much longer. Um, you know, if, if, if the belief in this project as a whole is sort of crumbling, and if that is the reason why, you know, th th this team just seems to be going uh, downwards instead of upwards. Um, is it is it because of Kuman's comments? I mean, I, for the life of me, I couldn't understand how you as a coach, the, the leader of a team, the, the, the head of the pack, you know, the head coach can come out following a, uh, such a performance and say, you know, well, first of all, we had the is look, it is what it is, or we have what it, we have. This is what we have. This is it. And then also to say, you know, these players are just not good enough to play, to play the style of football that the people here want. Discrepo. I, I disagree with that. And, and um, the players hear these messages, right? The players must hear these messages. And think, well, you know, not even our coach believes in us. So how, how are we going to internalize this message that he's delivering to us on a day-to-day -day basis on a trading field? And I don't know what that message is. I don't know what Kuman is telling his team. But whatever he's telling them, it cannot be resonating. Um, it, 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 I doubt that it's lighting any sort of spark or fire um, 
inspiration, if you will, any motivation in this team at the moment to the point where they're like, you know what? Uh, yeah, we believe in ourselves and we're going to fight until the very... Like what we saw with Real Madrid against Valencia, right? Madrid played bad throughout the entire match, 80 garbage minutes, but they still get away with a win. Um, I, I, I'm, that, Kian, that puzzles me. That that puzzles me. And it, it, it's, I think it's a matter for concern for Barca moving forward this season. Um to the point where you know, and we, we, or you, you kind of laughed it off, and and, and you called it, um, you know, you couldn't imagine Barca not qualifying for the Champions League, but you know that those four spots right now, you look at Real Madrid, uh, you look at Valencia, you look at Sevilla, you look at Villarreal, um, Atletico as well, of course, the champion. Those are five teams right now that are playing better football than Barca at the moment. So I, I, I just, you know, something has to change and it has to change fast if this team wants to make it uh, for, you know, qualifying the top four and, and, and still get something positive out of the season. Well, uh, I think there are some differences in, in Real Madrid picking up points and, and maybe you guys not like, and we're talking about like playing well and playing not. I think Real Madrid have a lot they need to improve on. Uh, mainly their defense and their press, which is very permeable right now. Uh, I chalk that up, or I will at least give the benefit of the doubt to Carlo, who, again, in today's press conference, mentioned that the press needs to improve, that I think they will eventually figure that out, because the thing with pressing is that if it's something you haven't been doing consistently for a couple of years under Zidane, to, to start doing it again may take some time to at least get the continuity down, the rhythm down, the cohesiveness down, there's been people in and out of the lineup. There's been a new new signing in Kamavingo who's still trying to figure things out. And he's looked great still. Um, so you're missing Tony Kroos. All that stuff. Um, but they are doing... Madrid are also doing a lot of good things offensively. And they have a lot of good players and some individual talent. And some things happen that are clicking. And they are kind of waking up into it. And it's not that they're... I don't... I, I was very critical of Madrid's performance against Valencia. Basically up until... Um, Ancelotti made the subs and Vinicius and Benzema took control of the game. But I don't know if garbage is necessarily the right word. But uh, for the point you're I making... I thought it was the worst performance this season. Of Real just performances? Okay. Yeah. So, um, having said that, I still think they deserve to win. They were the no. better team. Yeah, overall, for sure. Overall, they were. Um, they, they did not play well in the first half. But in the grand scheme of things, they were just the better team overall, and I think they deserve to win. Um, but okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Um, and again, I was pretty critical of that performance up until that point as well. There were a few good things happening, I think, but, but we don't need to get them to them right now. But I think bringing back to your question about what happened since Barcelona played Real Sociedad at the beginning of the season, um, I don't know for sure. But if you look at that lineup, there's maybe two to three key players that are not in the team right now. One is Pedri. When is he coming back? It's a vacation, right? Or something like that? He's no, no. No, Pedri's out. Oh, he was in? He was moment. actually injured. Yeah, I forgot about that. He's I know injured. that he was resting yeah. and stuff. I saw him in the stadium yesterday. Not me physically. I'm obviously not there, but I saw him on the camera. I knew he was there, but I forgot that he was injured. <laughs> you were here. And you didn't say what's up to <laughs> you. You went straight to a Barca game. Uh, Pedri, that's one. Braithwaite out. scored a couple of goals that game. Braithwaite um, out. And Griezmann's gone. Griezmann gone. Messi gone. Uh, 
Ansu Man. out, Dembele out, Agüero out, Jordi Alba out. Um, I know I'm missing some people here, but of, yes, the the list of injuries is is long, is significant, and the players Played having a. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think obviously uh, uh, Alejandro Bade, the the young, uh, what is he, seventeen year old uh, left back filling in for Jordi Alba got injured as well in the first half. Uh, that was not a good, another setback for, for Kuman and, and, and the Barca defense or offense, if you will, because he was one of the bright spots. He was voted by us the man of the match uh, against Bayern Munich, even though he just played 18 minutes. You know, he was, along with Gabi, one of those players that had an immediate impact and came on with the right attitude, character, attitude and, and intention, really, to, to at least show a fighting spirit in that Champions League match uh, against the Bavarian side. And, and, and uh, you know, obviously him getting injured as well in the first half didn't do the team any favors. Um, look, it was a lineup that, that initially, uh, quite frankly, got me quite excited. Uh, seeing Yusuf, seeing uh, um, Alejandro Balde uh, being included in the squad had me excited. Uh, even the top three with Felipe Coutinho Depay and, and Yusuf, I thought were were sort of we, we talked about that in account and in the show prior to the to the to the match, um, and I, I actually said that would have like when we had our, to give our predictions for starting eleven, I had that front three as my starting eleven, sort of thinking that that was not going to happen. Um, Coutinho needs minutes. Obviously, he's coming off uh, off of a long term injury as well, in and out of injury for that matter, uh, since uh, several seasons. And I don't know if this point, you know, it's it's a, he's a lost case, unfortunately so, because he's he's a very nice guy, uh, and I wish him the best. But from a football perspective, you know, is is he done? It's uh, it's getting something productive out of him at this point is a very tough task for any manager. So I don't want to hold that against Kuman. Uh, what, what really, like, I think when we're shining a light on Ronald Kuman, uh, it has to be for basically not believing in the talent that he has in a team, but not, not, not so much, not even the talent, the, the, the philosophy, the idea of, Fast-paced passing. So than that's doing what it talent. is, Kian. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my personal view on this is that I think Barcelona on paper are too good to be playing the way they are. I, I Correct. think they have a lot of good players. I think I, I I do feel that another manager. Okay, so I'll, I'll be careful with this, but let's let's take the Bayern game as an example. I think if you uh -huh. if you replace Kuman with another manager, yeah, they still probably lose that game, but mm -hmm. they lose it differently and not with the same mistakes that Kuman did. And and we already talked about that last podcast. We even clipped it for free on YouTube. It's there. Go watch it. So I don't want to talk about that now, but I certainly think that it was his insistence to sign Luke de Jong for what? I'm not sure. Like we all saw him play in the last few years. We all saw what he brings to the table. We all know that Braithwaite is there. Not exactly the same player, but kind of. Aguero is going to come back at some point. So why are you taking up that roster spot? Why not just allocate that those minutes to another young player like, like Yusuf? 
um, who's not a striker. But again, like, is De Jong really giving you any valuable striker minutes anyway? I don't think he is because he has no real presence outside the box. He's been spending a lot of time outside the box and hasn't done well. He's not going to bag you a ton of goals. He's going to waste some chances, as we saw. Um, I... quick, 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 quick interjection and, and hold your thought. Interject. Go, Go ahead. Guess who was the only player on yesterday's roster to have scored against Granada? Barca's roster. Correct. That's it's the irony. And also, <laughs> again, I've, I've mentioned this to you before. At Sevilla, he showed up like one game a year, and it was against Real Madrid when Sevilla played against them. So, well, you know, that, yeah. the ball is going in the back of the net and if, if he gets that chance against Real Madrid. He scored against Barca too, scored against Atleti, he scored on the big stages, scored in the Europa League semi-final and final, so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you asked me to hold my train of thought, but I don't. I, I lost it. Um, no, sorry. Barca, Barca, Koeman. Um, Luke. Yeah, look, I, I, I do think when he says we don't have the players to play tiki-taka, we all know tiki-taka is a, is a very vague term and it means it's a it much deeper than that. Um, tiki-taki. Tiki Taki. <laughs> he does. He's not. He's wrong about that. But I, he called I, it. He called it Tiki Taki. Oh, uh, did I he? I missed that. Yeah, um, it was a. It was a big. So, uh, uh, it was a big thing here today. Well, that's amazing. I. I did. I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> we should just brand it to Tiki Taki now. Rebrand Tiki Taki. Um, and Tiki Taki is basically just fifty-five crosses to Luke the Young. That's what Tiki Taki is. <laughs> All right. So, uh, my question to you is. Yeah. First of all, like this does, in my opinion, this does look a lot different if Dembele and Ansu Fati come back and are healthy and same with Pedri. Those three players, I think, change the ceiling of this team. Um, but I just don't know if necessarily how much changes if you sack Kuman now mid-season. And I don't know who that is. And I don't really know if there's any exciting names, to be quite honest, unless you bring in somebody from the youth team. Who's the guy in the youth team again? What's his name? Well, you're it. thinking Pimienta, but he yeah, got Pimienta. fired. He, he uh, he's gone. He's not he, in Barca B anymore. No, okay. he got fired. Did you see Iniesta throwing his name in the mix today? What? No. He, yeah, he had an interview where uh, he didn't really do this, but he he just planted Surely some seeds, not. I think, where he said that I would like to be a coach at Barca one day or something like that. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. fuck. He well, said he wants to. He wants to come back to Barca and the the paraphrasing but he said it's not because of the name on the back of his shirt or, or because he played for barca it's because he feels that he can bring value to the football side of things and he would like to return to barca in a footballing capacity one day that's what he said 100 percent. Yeah. let's bring it let's bring it yeah. look man it was um it was a sham it was just a shambles it was uh a very uncomfortable game to have to cover uh, and doing so live for Barca TV as well. Uh, I don't know if any of our listeners are, are, are subscribers to Barca TV Plus, but um, it's, it's, it's so awkward having to, you know, sit there and bite your tongue and come up with ways where you still, you know, it, it's, it's a three and a half hour broadcast and to have to endure that, sit, endure that, and sit there, and, and, and still be politically correct and, and positive, if if you will, it's uh, it's a challenge that I don't know if I can, how long I can keep it up for. That's, that's why I need this churros, man. That's why I need Friday's churros, so I can just really be myself and and let it go, because um, 
you know, like I said, man, when I saw Luke warm up in that first half and when when, <laughs> when Gerard Piquet came in as our, our second striker, <laughs> which was uh, quite something, quite Some, something. Did I, you see one of the outlets actually praise that decision? They said it was genius and the opponent didn't see it coming. Um, what I don't know what to say to that. I mean, to be fair, like... Zidane did it with Ramos often, and and PK has played that as a striker. I'm 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 actually a striker. No, the one thing is is the central defense. You know, moving forward in set plays, corners, and stuff, or, or or on a counter, let's say. But PK was a striker. He was he was he was an you know our forward. Hasn't PK himself actually played that role before? That's a good question. Uh, I know Araujo has played as no, I'm talking um, like years past like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm not sure about PK Araujo has mm-hmm. played in the front line but but I don't know about PK okay um all right so you you mentioned to me off air that you found Carlo Ancelotti's press conference day interesting do you want to do you want to talk about what you thought it was interesting uh yes indeed um and particularly the quote uh, that stood out to me was um, something along the lines of, uh, I don't like players that are not playing and still having a good time, I think uh-huh. was the goal. Yeah. Uh, reference to Asensio, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that it was in response to a question about Asensio. Um, I, I really like that quote, actually. I, I think it's a, it's a nice quote. Um, in case people haven't listened to this podcast, haven't heard it. By the way, do you want me to uh, call the, this podcast something about Ancelotti's press conference? That'll be the headline for the po- podcast name. <laughs> yeah, okay. that'll help. All right. Um, this is an inside joke from the Friday podcast, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so that was in response to, because the report was that Asensio has, is unhappy because he was promised minutes in the summertime and he's not getting that minutes what I probably think what happened was that things may have changed once Kamavinga was signed. Maybe the plan was for Isco to go into a more central midfield role. He's already going to be behind Isco in that department who's already on the fringes. And when you throw Kamavinga into the mix, who's leapfrog both of them, it's going to be even harder. So that's something that may have changed. Also, what Asensio has been okay. He's, he hasn't really impressed that much. I still think he's been a little bit shy. Um, he's not going to provide you with the incisive dribbling that... Uh, Vinicius brings. He's not going to necessarily bring you pace or ball carrying. Um, he is going to um, give you some elements of, you know, he's he can some interesting. He can play an interesting role as a ten, but he's not going to be contributing defensively. And if you're going to play that role, well, Hazard plays that better, and Isco already plays that better. So, anyways, fast forward to him being unhappy about because he's not getting what he's promised. Um, this is the quote from Carlo. Uh, I have it here. Okay, perfect. Can you save me, please? Um, Asensio, no me gustan los que no juegan y están contentos. Asensio, I don't like those players who are not playing but are still happy. So effectively what I, what I said in the beginning. Yeah, and, and look, and, and what he was also basically saying was that it's good that he's unhappy because 
what does that tell me about Asensio if he's happy not playing, right? It, it's a bad sign. So that that's the silver line. That's what he was saying. So he was saying that if, okay, Asensio is not happy, that's a good thing. If Isco is not happy, that's a good thing. If Jovic isn't happy, it's a good thing. I don't want players to be happy if they're not playing because basically, and he didn't say this part, but what he was implying was that it shows me that they have drive, they have ambition, they're not happy, just content, and they want to fight for their players that are unhappy about it. So that's what he meant. Okay, I, I actually interpreted it different. I thought he was saying that he's that Asensio is basically going about his day to day happy and pleased with the situation of him not playing. Mm-hmm. No, I thought that's what he's saying. Okay, so this is you would get a great job at Mundo Deportivo, just and you could they could title the headline Ancelotti blasts Asensio in the in the press. Well, no, this I, is from us, so yeah, but well, okay, well. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. In all fairness, it is a clickbaity headline, and, and yeah, your it's it's easy. More in-depth analysis is doing more justice to what it, is actually being said. That for sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's, but, that's, but but there is. I mean, there is, uh, and, and, and it's it's nothing new. Neither uh, the, a cause for concern. The fact that I mean, Asensio was supposed to be you know the replacement for or or let's say the second coming of raul in a certain in in a way obviously not in the same position but he was going to be the poster boy for real madrid moving forward and not only is he not achieving that i think at this point i mean he's not even real madrid material uh i don't know what more you guys are going to get out of him because uh, a player in even in the Olympic Games, he decided to go to the Olympic Games as opposed to focusing on the Real Madrid preseason and making sure that he's, uh, you know, in tip top, bang up shape for a very uh, what is going to be or what is already a very demanding season. He decided to play in the Olympics and really didn't do much there neither. I think he, I mean, he scored a decisive goal. Uh, that allowed Spain to advance to the uh, final, or was it in uh, in the quarterfinal to advance to the semis? I'm not exactly sure anymore. But other than that, it, it's his performances in general across the board have been subpar, and surely a disappointment for all of those Madridistas that were exactly that, hoping for you know him to be the the the, the poster boy for Real Madrid. And for sure, I think there is a level of disappointment because we had high hopes from him in 2017. I think even in that 2017-2018 season, he was good. And as you mentioned, you know, there was things he did in the build-up to that World Cup. Um, who can forget that that game against Italy where both he and Isco together playing in that mm. interchangeable false nine role did so much damage. I think, and so like we were asked... Oh, the on, Super Cup against Barca. The Super Cup, I mean, that, was a, that was a famous one for him. Um I like there was a question we had on the management podcast like given that we have this experience with Asensio now uh, that in 2017 we were incredibly excited about him we thought he was going to be one of the best players in the world and I also reminded also added to that that you know remember when that 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 summer 2016 2017 we were talking about three players for the future Mbappe Asensio and Dembele yeah. Um, yeah and so that's where our mind was at the time and and the question was should we be cautious about Vinicius for that same reasons? We're very excited about him now, the way he started the season. He's young. He's doing all these great things. And I think it's an interesting question. I think Vinicius is much more better at what he's good at than Asensio was. If you look at Asensio's skill set, he was never as good of a dribbler as Vinicius was. 
Um, a lot of his bread and butter came shooting from distance, uh, making these crazy solo individual goals, which is by no means do I want to diminish. But if I'm talking about what Vinicius is doing right now in terms of the way he's carrying the ball into the final third, the way he's carrying the ball up the field, the way he's dribbling people uh, past people incessantly, the way he's improved his finishing, the way he's linking up with the, everyone on that left side, the way he's working defensively, which is something that Asensio never had. Um, and I feel like just mentally, even though like we all often talk about Vinicius mentally in front of goal, kind of freezing up or whatever, seems to be improving on that this season. Obviously, it's, you know, the numbers and the eye test speaks for itself. Um, I do feel like Vinicius is more of like, I'll grab this game by the scruff of the neck type of player than Asensio, who was a little bit happier being a passenger and, and had that famous quote after Ronaldo left that it's not up to me to step up. And, you know, I think th that's maybe the difference between Vinicius and Asensio and why we can at least have a little bit more wiggle room to have more faith about Vinicius moving forward. Just my thought. Time will tell, but... Um, I, I think it's pretty clear why Asensio lost his place. He's just not as good no. as yeah. the other players in his team in those positions that he occupies and just doesn't do the same things at a, at a, at a high enough level. How concerned are you about uh, Casemiro and Militao and Carvajal? That uh, right flank, let's say, that right area of your midfield slash defense Clearly a weak spot, I would say, for, for Real Madrid at this moment. Excuse me. I'm concerned about the offensive output of our right side. I think Carvajal is not... Carvajal, when he's on the field, he still hasn't hit his peak offensively as he did a few years ago. And the problem right now is his injury. I, I, I know the club internally is very worried about his health status and the way he keeps relapsing. Um, yeah. That's one thing, um, and certainly a, there's a huge drop-off from him to Lucas Vasquez or whoever is the makeshift right-back, whether it be Nacho, whether it might be Fede Valverde. Where has Lucas not played? <laughs> he's a, he's jack-of-all-trades, uh, but I'm worried about that 100%. Um, Carab I, uh, Casemiro in particular, his, his form has not been great. Casemiro, like... I can at least give him a little bit of slack because he's been playing a crazy amount of minutes. He came back from the international break from mm. South America. He probably usually would have rested in the game like that, but because we've already had injuries, he's been playing every second since then. So maybe there's a little bit of fatigue setting in with him. On top of that, mm. he's never pressed resistance. So Valencia pressed the hell out of him and, and he looked terrible, really bad against Valencia. Mm. Um, so... I'm worried about that even if I'm worried about that in big games like you know this has been a liability for us for for big games in big games for a while now for a few years so I wonder if Carlo will will look at it another way and maybe maybe see if there's a way to to throw in Kamavinga Mordage Cruz all together um in a big game moving forward to to help with the, moving the ball up the field a little bit more seamlessly Militao he's he's fine I I I think that it's going to be hard for him to live up to what he did at the end of last season. Yeah, um, he set the bar really high for himself. He set the bar really season. high, and yeah. um, I think he's. We're going to see him struggle on the ball quite a bit this season um, because What's that's up? one thing. He's he's living a life at the moment, though. Huh? What do you mean? He's living it up. Why? Because Ramos and Varane are gone, or? No, I mean like off the pitch. It seems like oh, he's is just he? having... Oh, what is he doing? I'm, I'm, I'm not good with following off the field stuff when it comes to players like social media and stuff. What is he doing? Partying? 
I don't know what he's doing, man. Google, well, give me something. I don't Google know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's just right, surrounding himself with titties. He's just like, he's, <laughs> that's what he's doing. Question, does Living any it up professional and... athlete not do that? <laughs> I guess. I guess. But he's Even very, when they're not uh, posting about it? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. His Instagram seems there's not much going on there. Oh, there's one. Is that his wife? <laughs> what is, that? <laughs> is that his wife? Is... I don't know if his wife, his girlfriend, who she is, but. Okay. Well, That's what's maybe, up. Either way. Hey, on. good for him. Yeah. yeah no. Whatever. It's a distraction. Maybe he's distracted. His head is not in the game. I don't know. His head is on. His head is between some titties right now. But uh, not that that's any concern of mine, of course. But I, I, I felt that immediately, like you mentioned, uh, you know, set the bar very high at the end of last season. To my surprise, I have to say, because I didn't even ex- expect that. Seeing that was of great irritation and him falling back to the form that uh, I was more used to seeing from him uh, has been a relief. Uh, now, Casimiro dropping in, 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 in output as well. I think, you know, Casimiro is one of those players that uh, you love to hate because of his, his incredibly aggressive play, but also just, you know, imposing uh, his will power uh upon uh, you know his, his opponents and, and just being solid game after game after game i mean like you said he's, he's sort of like your the, the equivalent of what pedri is for us it's just a player that that doesn't miss any matches and plays all of the available minutes it seems and doesn't even get tired i guess there's only a, uh, to a certain point right i mean a drop-off has to be uh exp- the sort of, I guess, a, a consult, consolidation phase maybe is what he's going through at the moment. But uh, it looks like the boy would need some rest. Um, and uh, I mean, what was of great irritation to me, and, and you know, I texted it to you, uh, were, you know, obviously Vinny scoring the goals. I felt that Valencia's defense was just, I mean, shambles. Um, it was. It was. It was, uh, and, and, and like I said, of great irritation as well that I have to endure and watch as uh, two goals were uh, put into the back of the net uh, in a span of what, what was it? Felt like a minute, give it two minutes, I don't know. But um, yeah, you know, Vinny, man, Vinny is, uh, Vinny is, is, is running away with it at the moment. We, we compared reluctantly against my will we made a comparison between Ansu and Vinny, and uh, I, of course, was boasting heavily that uh, Ansu was the second coming. Uh, uh, is uh, of uh, you know, let's say I don't want to put him out to Messi, but you know the 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 the, the great white hope, or let's call him the great black hope for for Barca. Um, where does that come from? The great white hope is that never based on a white it. guy? You never heard of the great white hope? No. It was like an American catchphrase, no? You always hear tell your people talking about the great. Uh, let me let me Google it because I don't know. This is like some racist thing. Incredibly, it racist. does. Okay. Um, in any case, you know, I I obviously was uh, bigging up Ansu, and um, oh Jesus, it's very racist. I I retract immediately what I just said. I don't know why. Retract, I thought I had retract. nothing to do with it. I hadn't heard retract. of it, but it sounded racist the moment you said it. Yes, no, as I said it, it did. But I don't know why I'd heard that on uh, on different occasions. Jesus Christ. Um, 
Apologies. But uh, yeah, so, but you gotta say, Vinny, right now, obviously, Ansu's not playing. So it's, it's an unfair debate. And in the moment, I express that uh, the fact that uh, I think it's an unfair and, and useless debate to have. We need to have both active, both playing to uh, for this debate really to be, uh, to make any sense and to be valid. But right now, Vinny is uh, setting the bar very high. So Ansu is uh, ready to return to the field. He himself has actually uh, asked Kuman if he could hold out for these matches um, to uh, to actually you know be reintroduced into the team and start playing competitive football again. I mentioned on the podcast that he has been training full practices with uh, alongside the team with uh, absolute normality. But it does seem that he himself was actually kind of put a damper on his return and uh, uh, instead said, look, Levante, that's the game where I uh, want to make my return. And actually saying this, I'm not officially allowed to say, but take it with a grain of salt as well, or uh, don't go splattering it on, on social media. But that should be the the, the game where, where we can see Ansu return. And, and, and this great competition between great, you know, these two excellent players, these very young um, and, and exciting players, uh, uh, you know, hopefully take the torch over from uh, Cristiano and Messi and, and rejuvenate and renew this rivalry between Barca and uh, Real Madrid and, and two fine players, hopefully the two best in, in world football to come with the permission of Mbappé and Haaland. That sounds, that sounds fine to me if we're talking about Ansu versus uh, Vinicius for the next six to ten years. I feel like if you told me that right now, for like factually, that we'd be doing that, that means it's a good sign to me that both players are very good and I'll sign up for that. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to, where to go from here. Valencia, you convinced at all that they're uh, Champions League caliber, top four? Doing pretty good under Bordalas. No. Can't say that he's replicating really the style of play that we've uh, that we saw from him in Getafe neither. At least not according to what I'm seeing. No, don't believe it. I think you're not convinced that they're a Champions League caliber team. No, I don't think. I I just don't trust them. Um. I think this will normalize soon. It's too soon. It'll normalize. Um, they're outperforming their XG. They don't look that great defensively to me. Defense is, is a problem. But they've got Bordalas. He's going to fix that. So what? What did Bordalas do last season? Bordalas, well, I mean, Bordalas is Getafe was a defensive powerhouse. They were ever so... I mean, that was their game plan. Not last season, but, you know, a coach's message only resonates for so much time. It was only going to be a question of time before that team would finally start dipping and, uh, you know, letting in some goals. But, uh, you know, prior to that, they've been, again, just a a fortress. I'm skeptical. In in, in the back. I'm Hmm. skeptical, but I think Christmas will figure it out. We'll see. Sevilla Valencia is next for them. That'll be a very interesting game. Uh, that'll be one to look out for as well. I mean, uh, something I wanted to bring up was was a, a hot topic here in Spain is uh, the whole question of added time. Um, Espanol uh, going uh, the distance in uh, their match against uh, Betis, what was it? Uh, the 2-0 the draw. Uh, them getting the equalizer in uh, the, what was it, the 98th minute, uh, the eight minutes of extra time. 
where they, uh, of course, had to suffer the extended extra time uh, in their match against Atletico, which allowed Atletico to pick up the win in this time around. Uh, that Those eight minutes of added time allowed them to get the equalizer against Betis. Uh, we didn't see that yesterday in the Camp Nou, uh, where a good 15 minutes were wasted in the first half alone. Four minutes were added on. Uh, and then also in the uh, uh, final stretch of the ninth minutes just the five minutes were added on so right now there's a big debate with how are they calculating this extra time uh it seems that there's more emphasis on getting it right but they're not fully getting it right yet so uh yeah i don't know you're if you have a take on that or if that's um did you see i don't know if you saw but one of our friends robbie dunn um did this experiment where the last atletico game he manually like stopped and started the athletic the last atletico game just manually just like he did it every time the ball would go out of play he would stop the clock and just and it's he said it added up to 22 minutes of injury time <laughs> nice when was this this was like uh, i think not the last atletico game um not the one against athletic i think it was the one before that I forget what it was now or maybe it was the athletic one. I can't remember. I have to look at it again. But either way, the point is, and I, th I think a lot of emphasis on this has been made in general from what I've read, is that the ball is out of play a lot more than we think. And usually the injury time is actually less than, even if it's a crazy amount, it's not generous enough. So trying to figure out a solution to that is interesting. One solution to that that I've seen is to just do it like the NBA, where the ball goes out of bounds, you stop yeah, the clock. Yeah. That's it. Well, the, the, I don't love that's that being because I feel at the like moment. it would just take that? way too long. Sorry? The, that's a serious... Uh, it's being proposed right now um, in... Uh, I don't know if it's UEFA or FIFA, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that is being discussed and has been officially proposed and is being under... Uh, uh, it would make the game too long but, uh, under, under review. Sorry, it would make the game. It would make the game too long. My liking, my. Mm. But you get rid of. Hmm. We'd start to like having to allocate. Like right now, I think like what I personally calculate in my brain is like if, if there's a game, it's a two-hour process. It usually doesn't take two hours, but I'm talking about like forty-five injury time, halftime, forty-five injury time, final whistle, ish to it, maybe less than two hours. If we do it this way, I think we're going to talk like a three-hour process here to get through it all. One solution yeah. I've seen as a counter to that is what if we change it from 45 minutes to 30 minutes? Which I don't really love that solution either. I don't know. I don't mind that. I don't hate... I, I, I'll, look, I'll try it once to see what the experience is. I, I don't necessarily hate it. Maybe it makes it more fun. Maybe it makes it more fast-paced, more urgent. The urgency goes up, and maybe instead of the last 20 minutes being exciting, the whole thing is exciting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How, I don't have the answer. I, I, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but I, I, I would rather, I'll say this, I'd rather that than a longer process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay. Interesting take. I, I, I... I just wanted to, to, there has to be some, you know, equilibrium and it has to be uh, just as well. It has to be right. This whole time-wasting thing has been 
going on for far too long with referees either not knowing or unwilling or unable to take the right you know uh, measurements the right um actions really to to prevent it to punish it even i mean like i said um uh like i said at the top of the show as well uh, uh the granada goal- goalkeeper insisted on wasting time as of minute three, uh, as long with several other players as well, and the referee could have easily already handed out a yellow card, and that therefore conditioning uh, or really setting the tone for the rest of the match. There's no more time wasting for you because the next step will be a red card. So, and and I don't know why the the ref hesitated so long to you know until the 85th minute to take out a yellow card um, to punish uh, Maximiano's uh, uh, you know time wasting tactics and which were again just just very very frustrating yeah. understandable but but nothing it, 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 it not what a, a football you know fan wants to see of course take place and I think it's a La Liga issue in general right now like I know Pellegrini yeah. got a lot of criticism for what he said I don't, I don't think he's wrong. I think we do yeah. need to figure out how to improve. It's not necessarily a product problem. Like the, there is good quality in the league, but we're talking about the whole experience, the broadcast, the referees yeah. who, who who in La Liga seem to be wanting to be stars of the show, or things like um, the amount of fouls that are called that are called. Um, there's that side of it. There's maybe people, maybe teams being more defensive than they 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 were before in years past. But I do think we have to look at the product for sure. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that do we want to discuss? We want to get to kids now. We want to do other things. I do. I want to see my kiddos. I'm seeing them for two days. All right. Let's uh, just uh, Griezmann. Yeah. Not the Griezmann uh, that we saw in the French diet. No. During the international break, still uh, a lost Griezmann so far in his return to Eti. Uh So that's uh, obviously <clears throat> pressure building up for the, the Frenchman as he's uh, desperate, I'm sure, to, of course, uh, become once again the beloved superstar of the Colchoneros. For the moment, though, still met with a lot of booze and whistles. Uh, so his return is uh, not the fairy tale that he might have expected. Um uh, and they they play in um, they play in ten minutes, I think it is. Yeah, Getafe. Some, yeah, is that? Uh, I saw that Griezmann and uh, and Suarez are starting together, and I think it's know, already it's already going. It's already it's going. Already going. No, no. Right, I got yeah. the time wrong. So then, in that case, it started like fifty minutes ago. Then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I. I I know that Griezmann and Suarez were starting that one together. I still think there's a way for them plus Jao Felix to coexist, plus Marcos Llorente to coexist. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to take time for, for some unit to feel, figure that out. And I just saw that Llorente is playing in a double pivot with Herrera, which yeah. is at least a little bit of a better role for him than a right-back position. I, Luis Enrique playing mm-hmm. Llorente at right-back during the Euros really, really mess um mess mess some people up and planted the wrong seeds with some one or two who's tried out this season um anyways um I, currently that game is 20 minutes in all right so i really got the timing wrong then are we good wrap it up here We're good sir join Let's us wrap it on up. friday patreon.com slash churros y tacticas 
I will be in Los Angeles for that one. So oh, it'll be oh. early, early with the time difference for me. Yeah, but my body hey. will have not adjusted yet anyway, so I should be awake at that time, I, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure that out off air. But patreon.com slash tacticas if you want to get Diego's more juicy raw side with all the uh, bills, the, the beans spilled. So go over there and also follow us on Twitter at Churros Tacticas without the Y. Diego, thank you, my friend. Appreciate that conversation, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.